Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to back to another exciting episode of Work Life 360. It is Bruce and Rhonda coming at you live on this beautiful morning and afternoon, depending on where you're at. Uh, As you know, we all like to start off each episode with talking about our action items from the previous episode. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the previous episode, hit the pause button, go back and listen to it because it was awesome. It was all about meditation, being present. Uh, The action (laughs) item, meditation every day. Five minutes. Give Five minutes. How'd you do? So <laughs> I did I, I did better than expected. So I I did find time in my day. I was very intentional about it, put it in my schedule, put it in my phone. Um, awesome. And and one one instance that really came to me was uh, it was Christmas morning. We just got done opening gifts and my phone beep said, Oh, time to go meditate. So I was like, Oh gosh, it's it's Christmas. Like I want to be with the kids, but it was chaotic, you know. Uh-huh. So uh, knowing that I'm, you know, it was important to me mm-hmm. and that I had intention behind it. I went in and I meditated and set a goal for yourself. I did. And, <laughs> and then little, little forecasting there. I love it. <laughs> Goals. But I, I wrote the word peace down on a piece of paper and just, you know, st- stared at the word peace. Oh, and peace. cause that was a great word mm-hmm. to reflect on, on Christmas. So uh, I did notice that an overwhelming calming, even though it was Christmas morning, kids are excited. They want to open mm-hmm. up all these boxes and gifts and there's wrapping paper all over and um, just the excitement. But I did notice like, I just, honestly, I felt like a, a weight lifted off my chest mm. and it didn't last long. Okay. After five minutes, I went back out and they're, you know, back into reality, we step. Um, is that normal? Yeah, that's not shocking. So an interesting little tidbit is our thoughts typically last about 90 seconds, unless we're on that treadmill of continuing the thoughts over and over again. So one of the wonderful things about meditation is it allows us time to be reflective in the moment for as long as we can. And the tendency is definitely, so when I say, when you said peace to me, I immediately had an experience myself. I thought of my family <laughs> and, and that felt good. Like that was war- a warm sensation, but meditation also can be tricky or a little bit challenging until we get used to it because our mind tends to think forward or backed backwards. So we're anticipating the thing ahead, like what's going to happen with the kids. You know, maybe your wife has dinner planned and all the stress gets involved. Even though we're thinking about peace, our brain is going to go forward or it's going to go back to maybe something, something earlier in your life. But the fact that you took time to be intentional 
each time that happens, we train ourselves to be more present with our thoughts. And when we're present with our thoughts, typically we're not putting stress on our system of anticipating what's about to happen. It just allows us to enjoy the moment, to kind of savor the moment, so to speak, with your thoughts and give and feel a sense of happiness. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I've been waiting all day here to, to hear how the expert does it. How does, how does Rhonda well, meditate? Well, remember we talked about how many hours right. <laughs> last, last episode. I am by not all far, about that. <laughs> I don't at all consider myself an expert. I consider myself a lifelong learner, like pretty much with anything sure. in my life. And what I've found, Bruce, is my default system, so to speak, of when I will gravitate towards meditation is during times where I'm not feeling so good, I have some stress, or maybe there was a conversation that I had with someone that maybe I got a little too emotional or something told me something and then I take on empathy. And, and that's when I tend to apply meditation, less, less so than when I'm happy and full of a bunch of energy. So for me, I'll share my experience. It was actually the day after Christmas and my husband and I traveled to Flagstaff, Arizona. And there was a situation that it was out of our control and we weren't able to go where we wanted to go because everything was pretty much closed down and we did not plan accordingly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I was looking at the mountain that we were going to hike the next day and I just tried to let it off my body. Like I tried to, if you see me, I'm like pushing off my shoulder because I definitely sure. had emotional response and I, and I noticed it. And that's the wonderful thing about meditation. Once you learn how to do it, you can apply it as needed. So I felt I needed to get my emotions in check. I need to clear my thoughts. I need to be thankful that I'm even here you know, about to embrace this wonderful experience with my husband. And, and it honestly, it helped. It absolutely helped me, but that takes practice. And you have to, like you said, you have to be intentional and you have to want, sure. to, you have to want to feel sure. that change. You know, the yeah. thing is fear and, and our emotions really are brain killers to our health. You know, and one of the things that we can do to replace those negative feelings is just trying to practice gratitude for the moment and compassion for situations that are outside of our control. So, and that's how I try to apply it. Sure, sure. And, and hopefully, you know, obviously habits take a long time to form and, and we don't expect anybody to be listening to this podcast and, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden after seven days, they get in a <laughs> habit of, of meditating and and they get to that, what, 1800 hours of, of right. meditation to, to make it to habit, but uh, at least have the know-how and the mm -hmm. the tools to do it if, if and when you need it. And if you choose to make it a part of your daily life, there are rewards and there are um, fruits for that labor. Um, so we got a great show today. Um, we're gonna be talking about goal setting and why goal setting is important we're gonna look at the neuroscience behind goal settings. And then I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna walk you, walk you through 10 steps of setting courageous goals. Um, and 
you know, I, I'm a sales and leadership coach. And, and when I talk about goal setting with my clients, you have to be emotionally charged mm-hmm. to your goals. You know, if, if your boss comes down and, and says, hey, you need to uh, increase your call volume by this amount, you need to increase your book of business by this amount. If you're not emotionally tied to those goals, they're, they're empty, they're full of void. Um, it's more of a requirement than a goal. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're setting goals for a, from a, for a personal standpoint, like if you wanna go from zero to 100 and become, you know, all of a sudden you've been eating steak all your life and then you say, hey, I wanna eat healthy, I wanna become vegan overnight. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> that's not gonna, that, I mean, that, that's just not gonna happen. That tough, uh, tough change in direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so and, and establishing courageous goals and having that emotional connection behind it is very important. So, um, Ron, yeah. do you want to kind of talk about like why it's important to, to yeah. set personal and professional goals? Well, we only have one life and some people kind of settle in, right? And hopefully our listeners are not settlers, they're seekers. So mm-hmm. when, when you're a seeker, that means you're curious. You're curious about life. You're curious about opportunities for growth. You welcome that personal development. And that's that sometimes people don't have it, but it's something you can absolutely develop. And, and research absolutely shows that. Um, so when we're thinking about goals, we really have to examine our authentic self. You have to have kind of like that dreamer, creative mindset. Um, You're open to listen and learn. You have to have a love and a passion. You got to be committed to making steps in the right direction to improve yourself. And a lot of that comes down to what do you value? What's your purpose in life? What do you have a strong belief system for? And, and then you also have to have some belief in yourself, some self-confidence, some self-efficacy. And not everybody has that, but there's definitely ways, for, there's a process. And you can even use goal setting, for example, to help foster, help foster what I like to term as brain health. You know, we're all here and, you know, we can change our behaviors that maybe aren't so great, that kind of align with our values and what we want in life. Because sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we make goals and we're kind of kidding ourselves. We're not being authentic, we're lying, we're making excuses. But, you know, having a self-awareness and that's where the mindfulness and meditation can help. Sure, sure. And, you know, we talk about a lot about vision Mm -hmm. um, with our clients and, you know, your vision is in direct proportion of the clarity of your goals. So if you don't have solid goals of where you want to go, mm-hmm. so imagine this, um, second train of thought here. Sure. In order for a GPS to work, you have to have two things. You have to have an exact location of where you're at right now. Yes. Then you have to have a destination address of where you're going. Okay. You put those two into the GPS and And my job as being a coach or a mentor or or somebody, their job is to be that voice inside of that GPS, keeping you on track. Absolutely. If we can see it, we can do it. You have to have that endpoint. Yeah. And and a lot of that has to do with 
realizing goals that are achievable. You know, somebody that's making $80,000, you know, now, and they say, you know, my goal is to make $250,000 in the next year while that is obtainable. Yes. But is it realistic? You know, keeping them within perception or mm. uh, perspective of reality. Um, and then also holding them accountable. Um, you know, you know, setting goals is, is great. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us that are listening to this, we have goals. It's the beginning of the year. This is always mm. a, a time when people are setting goals financially, physically, um, career-wise. Uh, but resolution, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to do this. But then uh, it's just like going to the gym. Everybody goes to the gym in the first of the year, but mm. then by March, the gyms mm-hmm. are empty. Yes. That's a fact too. And that's a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that has, they don't have the clarity and the emotional yeah. drive behind setting that goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, they want it. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants change, but not everybody wants to change. And not everybody wants to put the work in either, you know, and not everybody's open to listening to sure. others who have been, have, like life is a learning experience for all of us. And one of the night, one of the wonderful things I think that you and I appreciate with our roles is we have the opportunity to take our experience and share that experience with the people that we're trying to help. Um, so it's really important for listeners out there, make sure you have someone in your corner, supportive relationships, you know, people that you want to spend time with so that you can learn, grow and develop. And, and if, and you have talk, if you have toxic people in your life, maybe it's time to kind of look at that list, you know, and, and evaluate why are these people in my life? And if they are, you know, have that conversation with them, have that honest conversation. Like, look, you're not help. You're not helping me reach my goals. You're detrimental to my health. Here's why, and here's what I need for you and, and communicate that. But I also think it's important for listeners to know the why, the why they want to go after whatever the goals are that they set for themselves. And then along the way, they need to make sure, you need to make sure listeners, you have some self-compassion for yourself. You know, we are resilient, but it takes some self-kindness instead of judging ourselves and kicking ourselves in the butt and berating ourselves constantly, we're going to fall backwards and just uh, know that that's a part of the process. Uh, just as you and I, Bruce, were putting this podcast together, people haven't seen behind the scenes, the struggles, <laughs> but we didn't give up, you know, and we, no. had a, we had a good laugh. We have compassion and empathy for each each other. And that's with anything in life, whatever goals you have, anything new on your horizon, you know, the shit hits the fan, but you also need to be truthful. Pay attention if you start to make mistakes when stuff happens and don't quit. Sure. And that's, you know, you, you talked about one thing that I'm working on personally, and that's, that's self-talk. And that's mm-hmm. a whole nother episode that yeah. we'll get into, but you know, positive self-talk, the way you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as it relates to your goals is in, is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I like the, the phrase that Eagles fly with Eagles, you know, so if, mm-hmm. if you're surrounding your people, or if you're surrounding yourself with people that are toxic in your life, mm-hmm. um, 
they are enabling you to grow. They're holding you back. Yes. You may not realize it. Yeah. Yeah. You may not realize it, but it's, it's, it's studied, it's proven. Um, you know, in my life, I've had to remove some people. Um, luckily they, they, it kind of just dwarfed into, we went our separate ways, but, um, they made some bad decisions in their life. And I, I was glad to see them go a separate way because mm. that allowed me to focus on, on getting up there to the, with mm-hmm. the rest of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. That goes into the whole goal setting, which I'm sure you'll talk about and time management mm-hmm. and prioritizing how you spend your time and with who. Yeah. Yeah. So, let, so let's, let's take a look at, you know, okay. We, we've talked about goals, the why, yes, they're important, how to maintain them but how do you set goals? Okay. So there's, there's 10 steps in steady in setting courageous goals. Okay. And each step is just as important as the next. Mm-hmm. If you if you only pick one or two of these, they're not courageous goals. They're going to be empty. They're going to be void. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you got pen and paper, if you're driving, put a thumbnail at this time. Okay. And come back and listen to it when you can. So I'm going to, I'm going to run through 10 steps. Okay. Step one is to dream. This is the mm, most fun. Yes. This is the fun stage. Yes. Okay. Unplug, get in a quiet space and dream. Okay. What kind of person do you want to be? Who do you want to be more like? What are the things that you want to accomplish? Like, what are your dreams? Not your boss's dreams, not your company's dreams. What are your dreams? Okay. Step two is to write them down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Write these goals down, take them out of your head and physically write them down. Okay. Studies show that when you write your goals down, you are like 90% more likely to achieve those goals than if you keep them in your head, make them, make them visual. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and if you've been in business or, or, or not, most of us have heard of, of smart goals. Okay. Make sure your goals are smart goals. I know it's, it's been tossed around a lot. Um, (laughs) when people talk about goals, like, Oh, you got smart goals but they work. They okay? absolutely do. Yep. They got to be specific. Okay. You can't just say generic goals. They got to be specific. So if, if you want to buy a new truck, you have to know the make, the model, the year, the color, mm-hmm. the interior of that truck. Okay. Make sure that they're measurable. Did you, and a lot of times it's, it's a yes or no. Did you hit this goal? Yes. Check mark. If you didn't no. Okay. If you didn't, how close did you get to it? Were mm-hmm. you 50% to your goal? Were you 80% to your goal? Okay. Are they obtainable? And I talked about this a minute ago. If, you, if you're making $80,000 a year this year and your goal is to make $250,000, is that obtainable? I don't know. It could be. Okay. And then are they, are they relevant? Okay. Do they make sense to you? And lastly, do they have a time frame? And this one, I always like to say, this time frame is the one that people miss the most is because mm. they'll say, you know, I want to make, I want to make a million dollars. Okay, great. Like, is that in your lifetime? Is that, you know, in two years, like when is your deadline? Because if you don't have a deadline, you're never really going to push yourself. People work better under pressure. Okay. Step four is to emotionally connect with your goals. Your goals should move you to inspire you to action. If your goals are generic or they're empty mm-hmm. and, and not full of emotion, they're void, you're never going to accomplish them because they don't mean anything to you. So make sure that these goals, like when you think of them, it should almost give you a little knot in your stomach. 
Yep. Okay. Feeling. And step five is to break them into milestones. Okay. So if your goal is to buy a house in 2021, okay. Give, and you know that you need $40,000 down payment. Okay. Give <laughs> yourself milestones. So maybe the first $20,000 that you save up for your down payment, once you hit $20,000 in savings, you and your wife or your kids, or you take a vacation, you buy yourself something nice. You give yourself something to look forward yes. to along the way. Okay. If it's a fitness goal, mm-hmm. okay. And you want to lose 40 pounds, just throwing a number out there. And if you hit, once you lose 10 pounds, maybe you treat yourself with, you know, um, a new watch or a new pair of shoes or new gym clothes or, um, Something positive, yeah. Something positive, something that you're actually going to look forward to along the way. Okay. And then step six, it sounds easy, but it's honestly one that most people forget. Identify the first step. Again, so if your goal is to buy a house, identify that first step. That first step is probably going to be looking at your finances now, looking at your income, Mm -hmm. opening a savings account, getting pre-qualified, Okay. Identify those first steps mm-hmm. because if you just set your goal, of, I want to, I want to build, you know, buy a house in 2021 without looking at the first steps or the second steps or the milestones. I mean, what are you, what do you think the likelihoods are that you're actually going to achieve that goal? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then step seven is a fun one. Visualize mm-hmm. what it's going to look like after, mm-hmm. after you achieve your goals, how are you going to feel? Who's going to be with you? Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to do once you hit that goal? Again, I, I'm going to use this example of buying a house. What are you going to do after you buy that house? You going to have a big party? Are you going to invite your family? What's that feeling going to be like when you're mm-hmm. standing on the front step, looking out at your house, thinking this is mine, right? Emotionally connect to them. Okay. And then step eight, this one, again, every step is just as important as the next, but share your goals with the people that can help you achieve yes. them. Yep. I'm going to say that again. Share your goals with the people that can help you achieve them. Don't share your goals with people who aren't going to support you. Don't share your goals with naysayers. Support your goal or share your goals with your boss, share them with your spouse, share them with your parents, share them with yep. your friends, let them know where you're going. Okay. Step nine is to make them visual. This one, a lot of people refer to as, is a vision board. Um, that's part of our, pro- that's part of a process. Okay. A vision mm-hmm. board isn't just a board with pretty pictures on it. Mm-hmm. Each picture should emotionally charge you to action. Okay. But again, if your goal is to, to buy a house, okay. Take a photo of a house that you want to buy. Post it on your computer so you're staring at it constantly, okay? And then step 10 is unconditionally commit, all right? Quitting is not an option. It may take you five. It may take you 10 years, but quitting is not an option. Now, you may have to realign your goals with current (laughs) situations, Mm -hmm. but if your goal is to, to buy a house, it may not happen in 2021, it may happen in 2022. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. And that's how you that's how you create courageous goals. So, Ron, I, I didn't even share this with you, 
So you're hearing this for the first time. What are some of your feedback on, on how to set courageous goals? Oh my goodness. So I'm going right to psychology and all my education and how are the fact that our brain, our brain thrives on this stuff. Our systolic blood pressure goes up. And that's one of those feel good, pumped up feelings we get when we set goals. There's an actual physiological response that happens in our mind and in our bodies when we make that decision to go for that house. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing about our brains and goal setting is um, one of the original psychologists that studied goal setting for the purpose of personal and business was Edwin Locke. And he talked about smart goals and then smarter goals, which you alluded to within your 10, the importance of, of evaluating and rewarding yourself, which smart goals don't, that, that way of thinking kind of leaves out, which you, you alluded to. Um, but one of the things is that he found is we have what's called our medial prefrontal cortex that is where the goal setting process happens. It's kind of like our start button and we need to fire it up. So while you were talking, I was thinking of the house. And then once you get to the house, when you got to, when you, what step was that? Like eight or nine, when you achieve it, like the reward? Seven. Seven. Yep. Okay. Then I was thinking, okay, now you got the house. It's time to reset. It's, mm -hmm. it's time to go for the next goal. That's I'm, I'm communicating back to you as authentically as, as you know, I was taking in and what my thought process was. And then when you mentioned the car and the house, and this is what I think most of our listeners won't know, which I think is really important, particularly if we're one of those people that maybe we have some self-doubt and our self-esteem is not the best. And we kind of see the glass as half empty versus half full. Mm -hmm. Our brains have the capacity to change that way of thinking. And that kind of goes back to the meditation. We have what's called our reticular activating system. That's kind of like our guiding, our guiding light, um, our compass, so to speak. So when we and when you talked about writing them down, this is where my brain went. The process of writing it down creates a vision for us. Like we wrote it down, so we see it on the paper. We're saying it in our mind. And now when we leave our house and enter the world or you know, start our day, when we have that on our brain, we start to notice it. Like we start to notice, oh, Maybe I should listen to this, you know, I'll learn, oh, I need to research X, Y, or Z. Like we start to notice things that will help us reach our goal. But if we don't think that way, and some people unfortunately don't, we see everything as an obstacle, as a barrier, and then we're never going to get there. You have to have that self-belief. You have to have, as you alluded to, Bruce, people in your corner that are going to be honest with you. They're going to hold you accountable. They're going to call you out on your BS. They're going to tell you what to do. They're not going to have any sympathy. They're going to give it to you real, you know, get off the pity party, like pick yourself up. Let's go. Everybody's got crap that happens. Like our brains definitely have a default system. So we, because we're in that fight or flight, naturally that's just the way we're born, but we absolutely can change that default system to a more positive mindset. And there's even research that shows that 40% 
of our of our positive versus negative kind of vibes are genetic, but the, absolutely the other 60% is all dependent upon how we think, how we take care of ourselves, if we sleep, if we practice stress management, if we're eating healthy, you know, if we're fostering positive relationships, all of the all of those things, if we're exercising, exercise is a big one because that fires up the mitochondria in our cells. And that again is a firepower to like give us that that boost. Cause our brain, if you think about it, you can kind of correlate it to a muscle. Like we have to foster it. It's, it's a living, breathing organism that we need to take care of. And if we take care of it, we're definitely gonna move forward. We're definitely gonna reach our goals. It's all about our, our mindset really. So 40% of our, say that again, 40% 40% of, so genetics play a role in how we think our thought process, as well as gender, as well as culture, as well as, so say we've been a population that's been disenfranchised um, and not received the same opportunities as other people, like that definitely has, a, that definitely plays a, a part in, in our thought process unconsciously, but we absolutely, mm -hmm can change that. And that's where that 60% comes in. That's where making sure we prioritize our health and we have a healthy mindset. That's where we totally can take control or we can go the other way. You know, we all know people that just, there's always an excuse. Oh, always me. And I'm not one of those people. I know you're not one of those people. Mm -hmm. I know our listeners are definitely not those kind of people. And, and, you know, sometimes people don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Sometimes. Right. So sometimes, you know, when I notice this with people I work with, I try to plant the seeds to kind of get them thinking so that they don't put their barriers up, but that's where sharing our information with people is important. And for our listeners, if you have someone in your life, that's the drama person, always, that's, they're always carrying around the drama. They just don't know how to change that way of thinking. They're on a vicious cycle that goes around and they really don't know. So have that compassion, have that empathy and start to help them find their way, particularly if it's somebody you love. So good. So good. Awesome. So, so we want to leave you with, with an action item. Um, this action item is going to be a lot of fun. So setting a goal, a courageous goal and going through the 10 steps of creating this goal to be a courageous goal. Okay. Well, I'm going to do email it. us. <laughs> yeah. Email us what your goal is. I would love to see some of the, some of our listeners goals. Um, at, you can email us at worklife360 at gmail.com. Um, I would love to see some of our goals. And if, if you do, we'll share them on air and, and Absolutely. hopefully, hopefully you make the cut. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't want to spend hours just telling people what, uh, what other people's goals are, but yeah. let us know how you're doing with setting courageous goals. Um, it's very powerful. They're very important. Um, Rhonda, any last, any last thoughts? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm so excited. This is like episode two and my brain is on full speed head. But one of the things that I'm working on is my time management and not putting myself out too much and dialing it back. But 
with that in mind, I also would like for our viewers to, and you may have said this earlier or one of our before the pre-record, so to speak, we really want to hear what it is that you all are interested in learning more about so that we can help you because we're here for you. We love it. I can, you could hear it in our patch. We keep it light. We try to keep it fun. So reach out to us, let us know, let us know what you like and, and we're going to have a good time together. Love it. Love it. Yes, we are. Well, take care and be well to one another. Peace out everybody. That wraps up this episode of Worklife 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumiersswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningthesiegeforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.